Hi, and welcome to Small Talk, our Small World podcast. This week is our first podcast for Small World teachers, and I'm very happy to welcome our first podcast chat partner, Dr. Evan Glazer, our head of school. Hi, Evan. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Uh, hola, ni hao. <laughs> Hello, Small World teachers. And thanks for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to make yourself available to us. My pleasure. So... I have some questions, you have some answers, we're going to chat and have some fun. I'll do my best. Okay, great. You'll do your best to have some fun. That's right. (laughs) Okay, so some people may know this about you, some people may not. You used to be a teacher. That's right. Actually, I'm still a teacher. I'm always a teacher for life. You know what? You're skipping ahead of me because I was going to ask you about your teacher. But let's, let's skip around. Tell us about your teaching background. So I uh, started my career as a math teacher, and uh, sometimes I would teach computer science, and sometimes I would teach science. It's mostly for older kids, you know, grades nine through twelve. But over time, I've gradually started teaching middle grades as well. Awesome. Oh, and I love teaching uh, the lower division kids. Sometimes after school, like right now, I have a math club. You have a math club now at Avenues. Oh, it's great! Yeah, it, uh, third graders. It's amazing. What Tell us doing. about it. Well, uh, yesterday I think I had like 30 kids. Oh my god! I had like all the tables and then a bunch okay. of kids on the rugs and we just did our best to go through some challenging math problems. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's fun to bond with the students and connect with them and help them learn. This is something you do weekly after school or regularly? Uh, well, I just started, uh, previously I had middle sixth graders mostly and a couple of seventh graders in a middle grades elective that met every other day, near the end of the day. And that, uh, the schedule in the upper division um, transitions where some classes are for just half of a year. So when that ended, I said, hey, who else can I teach? So mm-hmm. lower division said, why not teach some uh, third graders? Upper division, I uh, arranged after school help for 11th graders as they prepare for the SAT and ACT. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of helped wherever I can. That's awesome. I remember once I heard you say that math is your other language. That's right. Absolutely. Well, one time I was in Japan on a global journeys, if you will, not not by avenues, but uh, through a different venue. And, uh, you know, I was just visiting classrooms and seeing different things, but I always felt, I felt a way that I could communicate with the students in math. If they were, I, I could go by their you know, if they're working on a chalkboard or in their notebook, I could always help them out. Same thing in China, too. I've always been able to connect and help kids um, in any country, partic- uh, especially with math, because it, it, it's like a universal language. It's its own language, absolutely. Um, we touched on this a little already, but I'm going to ask the question already um, again. You still teach at Avenues now. Last year, I visited you in one of your classes. Tell us about what you teach at Avenues, if there's anything going on right now besides the math class. Yeah, so I mentioned math, but there's so much more. Um, So the upper division is uh, set up in a way that the schedule can shift uh, and reset it so that students are pursuing unique experiences that may connect them around the globe or provide an opportunity to learn something that isn't available during the regular curriculum. So I've offered uh, leadership seminars to middle grades kids. Those usually last a week. Um, I've connected campuses. Um, So one of the leadership seminars last year uh, was offered concurrently in Sao Paulo and in New York. And so we 
I had taught together with that teacher. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes both classes would be up on the screen together. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes the kids would be in working groups where their peers would be at another campus. Oh, cool. And they were given a leadership challenge of uh, how to connect campuses in more meaningful ways, and they would propose solutions. And then um, I've also uh, looked at global scale uh, problems. So the United Nations has a set of sustainable development goals that are really kind of known problems that uh, don't have easy solutions. Mm -hmm. And so it's often a great exercise for kids to do that in a world course class. Uh, however, what I did is found a bunch of connections to avenues, not just Shenzhen and Sao Paulo, but everywhere where we take a global journey, whether it be Argentina um, or uh, uh, Spain or uh, China and different cities. We have plenty of partner schools. And so I connected yeah. with all those partners as well as some of our professional colleagues who had a previous institution in another location, like um, our current head of school that will start Silicon Valley, he was in Paris, so we connected to his former school. Yeah. And our head of Avenues Online, his former school was in Indonesia, so we connected to his school. Yeah. Um, uh, our former head of school in Sao Paulo, his former school was in Beirut, so we connected wow. to them. And so uh, it was an opportunity to look at these uh, UN Sustainable Development Goals by students choosing one goal and then talking to other kids around the world mm -hmm. uh, to get their thoughts and perspectives about um, some sub subcategory. And then uh, if they're on the same time zone or similarly close, like Argentina or Brazil, we would do a live chat back cool. and forth. Um, and ideally, uh, if we were speaking to a Spanish-speaking or Chinese-speaking country, then students would use the target language in their communication. Yeah. Opportunities abound. Yeah. It was really uh, fascinating to watch this. And then on the last day of that seminar, so that was a week of the seminar, I had some parents at Avenues mm -hmm. who work at the United Nations, and they came in and sat as a panel to give feedback to the students. Wow. And it was very uh, profound to see their recommendations and suggestions for people who do this work on a day-to-day -day basis. They're a great resource. That was amazing. Have you ever thought about being a small world teacher? So I, uh, <laughs> I love doing story time in small world. And I have uh, children of my own, so yeah. in a way you can say that I'm always uh, a small world teacher, at least until my smallest becomes uh, ready for nursery. Yeah. So I have a six-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old, so I feel like I'm always learning how to be a teacher of small children. Yeah. Um, and since every child is so different, you have to be quite dynamic. So I deeply respect the work of small world teachers. I um, am always happy to come in and read. And I remember in the beginning of the year, I was there to help some of the kids who weren't criers. The penguins class. Uh, that, that they were able to kind of function while the teachers supported the criers. I'm so amazed and um, humbled and appreciative of the work of the uh, teachers because it's a, uh, uh, the transformation in that class is extraordinary. It is. To see that, like, you know, like half the kids are crying all the time and now they're completely functional is a true testament to the dedication, commitment, uh, to, and belief that students, those students will persevere. Yeah. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, and uh, your uh, newsletters, I read your newsletters every week that you send to families and to faculty. There's always new tips that I pick up. Mm -hmm. uh, 
think. Yeah, yeah, like, you, you know, I mean, they may be obvious to small world teachers, but as a parent, yeah. like, I mean, my, uh, because I, my experiences with older kids in, in education, smaller kids, I'm always picking up new tips. And yeah. There's so many subtle things, just like uh, giving explicit instruction. And, like, just this morning, I, my son was putting on his shoes, and I was thinking, oh, what were we to say? So <laughs> I couldn't just say, like, put on your shoes or remind my child to put on shoes, but instead I would say, how many minutes do you need to put on your shoes? And he would tell me exactly. And what's fascinating is that he, um, he was, like, determined to do it in less than the time he, he Good for him. So it worked. Yeah, yeah. So these techniques are great. Or like not even using the idea of uh, even even the tip of saying uh, telling children not to share things but to take turns mm -hmm. uh, psychologically has a much different impact. So yeah. I'm learning all the time new tips. Good. Maybe Good. maybe in like ten years I'd be ready to be a small teacher. <laughs> okay, come back to me in ten years. Right. <laughs> okay. On our small world team, we have teachers that have been here for several years. We have some teachers who are just finishing out their first year at Avenue. Um, I feel a certain kinship with you because Small World was piloted in 2017, the same year that you came on to Avenues as our head of school. So um, I want to ask you, what brought you from your previous position here to Avenues? What was it about the school that resonated with you? Avenues has um, such an extraordinary mission, and I think it's in, uh, our intent to create one school around the world with many campuses um, is so aspirational that I felt that a new uh, pathway in education that really is untapped is this notion of how we connect kids around the world. Mm -hmm. And I think you see that a lot in education in general where kids take trips, like our kids take trips too. Um, uh, but this notion of like coalescing from different, des different campuses and in the same destination, mm -hmm. or collaborat uh, collaborating remotely on an ongoing basis. There's plenty of networks where people can kind of tap in and you can do a single project uh, that's a global project, and that, that's fulfilling. The idea to have like a meaningful relationship with uh, teachers and students that's ongoing, that's sustained, to kind of build on work that you've been doing in the classroom um, is, Impressive. So I really wanted to uh, come here and be part of that and, and build upon that. And I'm deeply committed to uh, those cross-campus collaborations and feel that we still have a long way to go, but mm -hmm. we're making uh, nice progress. You do talk about it frequently, encouraging teachers to make those connections across the world. Yeah. When you started at Avenues three years ago, and maybe this still rings true today, what did you, what do you really want the teachers to know about you? <laughs> I'm human. You're human. I, um, you know, my, uh, I mean, I think kids are all of our priority. I think sometimes at Avenues, sometimes people get um, confused because we're, uh, because of our tax status. And they think that the school operates as a business, and technically it does. But fundamentally, we're all driven to, an amazing experience for children and look after them and uh, make sure they grow and develop uh, into wonderful human beings regardless of that and I think uh, knowing that uh, it's important that the, that everyone knows that the leadership thinks about that we're not really um, there's there's not a sole focus of you know how do we make sure we have enough uh, revenue to make an, an actual profit mm -hmm. the notion of our enrollment targets are just to make sure we can 
being financially strong in, in a way that we can continue to uh, operate in a very productive way. Mm -hmm. uh, other schools, even even if a uh, school is a nonprofit, they're still concerned about their financial status and making sure that they're reaching their enrollment targets. Um, because in the, the lack of doing that, um, you know, then you look at uh, reducing your staff. And we would never want to do that. We've been fortunate yeah. to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, so I think, um, yeah, it's important that people know that I, I fundamentally believe that we're all here to support the success of children as our first priority. And, um, you know, about me personally, um, I just love being in the trenches working with students and working with teachers and getting to know people as much as I can on a personal basis. Um, I think that's why it was so appealing for me to have uh, even an office space within the building. Mm -hmm. It's just uh, very meaningful to stay uh, connected to every aspect of school culture. Yeah, yeah, thanks. So in your role at Avenues, what do you love? What's the one thing that's like your favorite thing about your role? Hmm. I think what's uh, uh, particularly f uh, fun is that uh, no day is ever the same, and uh, every uh, moment I can be doing different things. So it's the it's really the variety of engagement uh, with uh, teachers, students, parents, uh, community members that makes it uh, lots of fun. Just. It's, it's uh, my greatest fear in life is boredom, and there's absolutely ah, no, there is no, <laughs> you're not no bored. Sense. <laughs> it, uh, actually, people are ne never bored in schools, but I think there's just so many stimulating things that are going on that make it uh, so much fun. That it's like um, being a kid in a candy store. Cool. So you love that you're never going to be bored in your role. Yes, so on, absolutely. On the flip side, what challenges you in your role? Uh, I think, you know, the, so the, the two, the two, there are certain moments that are extremely challenging in my role that I don't really enjoy doing, but I have to do it. Mm -hmm. It's like part, you know, every job there's probably 80% or more of what you love and yeah. there's always like 10 to 20% of the things that you know you have to do because you're, 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 you've been assigned to do that, yeah. right? So when I was a teacher, like, uh, full-time, I, I just did not enjoy grading tests and set, like, mm -hmm. ongoing papers. But I knew I had to do that. You had to, you want to give kids timely feedback, and there was a reason behind it. So I think as a head of school, I, uh, there's two things that I just don't enjoy. No one really enjoys, but we realize you have to do this. Uh, one is, like, when you have to remove a student from school. Mm -hmm. uh, and in those contexts, it's usually because something significant has happened that uh, is associated with uh, may perhaps or safety, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's for academic reasons. Mm -hmm. you know, this idea of like you develop great relationships with families, mm -hmm. and uh, you are you see their child uh, struggling in the school, and you wonder if it's the right fit, and you're doing everything you can, and it's heartbreaking. It's yeah. just heartbreaking yeah. to have to tell a family, I don't think it's working out, mm -hmm. uh, if, particularly if they don't agree with you that it's yeah. not coming to this. And, thinking about how do we support their transition or how do we keep working with them even though we know it's going to be a more maybe a more difficult road. So um, those are really hard conversations because you really get to know people on a personal basis and you don't want to take this work personally because ultimately you're, you want what's 
best for the child, and sometimes what's best for the child is to be in a monolingual setting or to get the right support they need, or a smaller setting where there's fewer transitions. Yeah. Um, and then the I say the other thing that's super hard is like dealing with death. Like I've had kids who have passed away uh, at, uh, at school, uh, not at, at school, but um, you know who are students during their years at Avenue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, not so much at Avenue, but at other schools. Okay, okay. And uh, teachers too. You know, mm-hmm. when staff members pass away, mm-hmm. it's just so hard because you have to you have to remain strong and steady to and know that this when this uh, community is going through a difficult time. They're looking honestly, at you. And honestly, I'm going through a difficult time too. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to keep it together. And uh, but it's uh, you know what's wonderful about avenues is there's always a strong network of support. Um, yeah, that kind of goes back to what you said about I'm human, right? Oh yeah. Plenty of flaws. <laughs> I like uh, Mr. Shai, our uh, head of the upper division, will say uh, we're all lopsided in our own way, right? Yeah. But collectively, we can kind of help each other out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Evan, you're not only our head of school, you're also a parent and an Avenues parent, which you briefly touched on. You must have read my questions in advance because you're <laughs> going to all the topics before I could even get to them first. So, um, tell us about your children. Yeah, so I have Luke, who's a six-year-old in kindergarten, and Brooke, who's a three-year-old, will turn four this summer in nursery. Uh, and I also have a one-year-old, Hope, who is a uh, prospect, a future prospect. <laughs> a hopeful applicant. That's right. <laughs> so, uh, and I will say, as a parent, uh, I had, uh, I was very nervous in the application process. You know, is that right? Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Just uh, you ho- you're just sitting there hoping that your child's going to follow the instructions, not like uh, walk away and do something else. Or uh, you mean in oh, the playgroup? Oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, in the, in the uh, admissions process, yeah. or heaven forbid, like push another child because <laughs> they're fighting over a toy. So because uh, I see my two children in conflict all the time with each other, and mm-hmm. you never you, you never know what you're going to see. So anyhow, I was thankful. I'm thankful that they were admitted, and I'm so appreciative of how uh, the teachers support their development. They're both on the Mandarin side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me as a parent to assist them at home with Mandarin, but I, I will play stories, uh, you know, we'll watch videos and stories and we'll try things uh, and do my best. Um, but uh, it's fan- it's fascinating to, to, to watch their growth. And what I can attest, like, for, so for example, some pa- I, I can at least uh, offer personal testimony to parents Want uh, to alleviate any of their concerns. So I think a common one, for example, is when you spend 50% in target language and 50% in English, or in, you know, it's less even mm-hmm. in small world, right? You're dividing it. Yeah. You, uh, some parents naturally will be concerned about their child's development in their fluency, and uh, it's hard for them to conceptualize that, you know, that they're, they're going to learn more than 50% yeah. of uh, whatever true. words or whatever they're reading. And, you know, I can personally attest to that as I see the development of my child's um, uh, fluency in, in English, at least, that um, he's still able to meet and exceed targets. So it's, it's absolutely them. fascinating to uh, observe that. And so rewarding that, um, you know, the, one of the great benefits that all of us have who send children to avenues is, um, you know, a lot of the extra supports too, like after school care, going to play lab and meeting other children of faculty. It's tons of fun. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that kind of speaks to what I wanted to ask you is, tell us about how you wear both hats. You're the head of school. Your other hat is being an Avenue's parent. What's yeah. that like? Yeah, so I love to, uh, I actually have another uh, lanyard that's white. <laughs> a parent lanyard. I will put that on uh, <laughs> during parent-teacher conferences. Ah, uh, very meaningful. Um, so I will say there's a couple of things. Like uh, when I'm walking around the school, I deliberately avoid my own child's classroom. Mm -hmm. uh, I, one, I don't want it to be create any kind of distractions in the room. Mm -hmm. Those kids all know me as Luke's dad because they see me at uh, birthday parties. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and uh, I think when there are... Uh, and the campus leadership team actually has conversations about uh, different issues. Uh, I, uh, not only from my own point of view as a parent, but you know, I do think that we have to understand parents' points of view. So I feel more equipped to be able to articulate, you know, from a parent point of view, here's a different way of looking at this same situation. So I think I'm able to add some value to um, conversations just to offer an additional perspective that would be, um, you know, not just educational, but from a parent side. Yeah. Um, and, and my hope is that that will be more enriching. I fear the day that my child gets into incredible trouble and has, uh, you know, some uh, a situation where he would not be given any special treatment. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, I want, you know, I want both my children to. to be treated in the same manner as every other child at the school. And, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing to say one thing, but I, um, you know, I, I have to be prepared for the day that something could go terribly wrong and I have to deal with it, or mm -hmm. I have to remove myself from the situation and assign someone else to deal with it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So that could, that could happen, and, but I think Avenues is such a wonderful place that it's worth, uh, you know, 99% of the children's experience is so positive. I'd rather them be around loving adults, caring adults, for the 1% of time when things aren't going right. Yeah.